The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at the Pop. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. To another episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. And joining us this week, because we're, we're going to take a different approach to Star Wars uh, this week, uh, we have from the show What's Your Effin' Binge, Chris Rudder. How's everyone doing tonight? Doing great, man. Thank you for asking. Thanks for having me on. Well, a pleasure for you coming on. Uh, Ken, Derek, how are you guys? Not bad. Uh, I'm all right. Uh, my my theme song for today is "I Survived." Yeah, uh, <laughs> me too. With every with everything going on down here, yeah, I survived. Yeah, I just saw Derek's Facebook uh, post. Like, you survived too. Oh yeah, your oh yeah, your window. Yeah, crazy I storms from work, and I drove right through a storm and got hit by a branch that cracked my windshield. Fun times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, before we get too into topic, Chris, tell us a little bit about your show. Yeah, so uh, What's Your and Binge has been picked up by all of the great quality places that you pick up podcasts, whether it's iTunes or Google or Spotify. We do have a partner arrangement with Anchor and Spotify. And um, what we do is we talk to people about what they're currently binge watching on TV. And we do it with a little bit of a different approach. I don't want to review TV shows like a thousand other TV shows do. I want people to come onto the show and not tell me what they're going to talk about. We're going to do it like a game show. I actually have to guess at what the show is that you're talking about. So I ask who, what, when, where, why, and try to narrow it down. Most of the time I'm able to successfully guess what it is that you're watching. Sometimes I'm not. That's fine. It adds to the comedy of the show. And I do it from the standpoint of, you know, a couple guys sitting around the table at a bar and um, 
try to keep it casual and have as many laughs as possible. We don't take anything too seriously. We don't talk about politics or current events so much. We just talk about what it is that makes the show you're watching good. And, um, you know, we take it from there. Does it have to be a good show? (laughs) No. As a matter of fact, we actually have a category for shows that are not not good. You can go to FaceTag (laughs) right now and put in hashtag dumpster juice. And that's my my hashtag. And uh, you'll find all the shows that we – it's just not good viewing material, especially whenever you're dealing with a – a 50-year-old guy who has a Bud Light can in his hand and is, uh, you know, Riverdale and things like that. Uh, they don't hold very much water for me, so if I think it's dumpster juice, I'm going to say it. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of binging, um, yeah. there's a lot out there to binge with Star Wars, uh, especially with Disney+, Plus, whether it's the movies or uh, – Mandalorian or Clone Wars or Resistance. Yeah. Um, so it's a great time to be a fan, actually, with all the streaming services you can tap into. Yeah. So oh, let yeah. so let's talk about um, with binging. What ways would you recommend you you binge a show? How how would you go about? Well, the first first thing that I look at whenever somebody recommends a show, and uh, we do our show a couple of different ways. If it's a show that is coming highly recommended by the guest and I haven't actually watched it, then I will do the show and I will do a deep dive into the content on what makes that celebrity or guest really dig the show. And then I may come back and I may actually do a two-parter where I've actually watched the entire series and get a full review. And um, what I always recommend to somebody is if you're going to watch the show, don't pick and choose the episodes based on what the Internet tells you is the best episode because you're going to lose out on a lot of content and continuity. Go ahead and watch it from the very beginning. Take the time it takes. If you're a huge watcher like I am where I can kill a couple seasons most of the time on any given day, and I know I can knock out, you know, a 10-season series, I I know I can knock that out in a couple weeks, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to give a full review and a full recounting from the beginning to the end. Uh, We learned that the hard way from being recommended shows and watching the first season and thinking it was great, and then coming to find out later that if you watched all five seasons, that it ended up being trash because they they didn't tie everything tie everything together very well. Right. They the loose ends. They didn't actually define a character one way or the other, or they didn't finish a character the, the right way, or they didn't develop a character the right way. Excuse me. I'm hiccuping because I'm trying to eat while we're, while we're doing this. I just got through doing another episode, but I recommend that everybody watches a show in its entirety before you try to give a good, accounting of what it is that you saw 
It doesn't matter if you think this show was good or if it wasn't bad, but if you didn't watch it in its entirety, most people who are fans of the show are going to come back and get you because you left out so many holes. So before you do a full review, watch all of it. Okay. Well, Derek, it seems like you're on the right track then with what you're doing with uh, Clone Wars. Sure, yeah. I'm uh what I I tried watch I'm watching them in chronological order. Um since the show kind of jumps around mm-hmm. in the timeline. So I found a great ar- article that puts them in chronological order in story arcs and I started watching them that way. It's been very interesting. At, yeah. At what point does uh Clone Wars stop jumping around and everything's in chronological order or does it? It, it start in the later seasons. It starts going more in order um, and jumps around less. Yeah, when they started doing, I think like the three and four story arcs. So around right. season, so around season four, midway through three. Yeah, about season three or four, you run into a lot of continuity where your everything is starting to streamline. Before mm-hmm. that, and they wrote it in a particular way that for the first two or three seasons, you're seeing jumping back and forth of Yoda and seeing Anakin and seeing their development along their journey. Obviously, Yoda doesn't have much of a journey. He's actually teaching. But whenever you're looking at the journey of what Anakin does, whenever he becomes a leader of each one of the Clone War units or clone units and his specific relationship with each one of the clone troopers um it it all starts making sense about season three they're not actually jumping around as much as you think it's uh but they're all kind of jumping a little bit out of chronological order because they do some flash forward or they do some recounting just to get everybody up to speed and then once you get past that point you really see everything really taking a a real streamlined look at from you know one episode over the next where it's all tying together so the first two or three seasons you do see some choppiness but it makes sense if you hang in there and you watch it later okay right which we've all seen in clone wars but i i'm i'm liking this insight mm-hmm. um now with rebels uh i i'm currently kind of doing a binge on it um i started last week and i'm now a third of the way through season three. Okay. And I think You're I about into some cool stuff. Yeah. Yep. Which for me, this is a rewatch. Um, they just got the Y wing bombers is yeah. the last episode I, cool. I got to. Yeah. I got to. Yeah. So, and that really a defining moment for the rebel Alliance. Whenever they start getting the bombers before then you have, of course, the X wings, and there are y, Y-wing formations, but whenever you have the bombers, whenever they're able to come in and infiltrate and start taking out um, the communication towers yep. and the power supplies, which you don't get before you have the bombers, now you have a complete array of uh, armament, you know, so it it really starts tying things together and you're able to see how the Rebel Alliance really starts coming into their own. Well, I I think it, I think it's funny too. Um, 
what you know, we see the Y wings in in Clone Wars, and they're different from the Y wings we got in the in the original trilogy. Yeah, because they they had more of the armament coming from the uh, engine pods towards the cockpit. Right. Uh, yeah, that's the Y two one eight versus the Y two one fourteen or whatever the de- yeah. designation is, and uh, you really see how they're able to de- develop. Uh, the new armament and the new factors uh, to be able to be able to take on the empire in a better way. But the the ones we see that they grab off the, the one um, station where they're being disposed, you could tell they've mm-hmm. already stripped off a lot of that extra armor or the extra uh, shell to give us more of the look of the, the Y wings that, that we get now, which I think was very cool that rebels shows that. Yeah, and, and the fact that they show that they strip down these models so that way they're able to be more maneuverable for mass conflict or mass conflicts, right. and then uh, showing the special specialization of turning them into the bombers themselves. If you look at um, a lot of this narrative is actually pulled from the Pacific uh, the Pacific Theater from World War II. The flying yeah. air forces uh, themselves were actually um, upgraded and completely de-weighted so that way they'd be able to perform these long missions where their entire designation was just to drop the bombs. But there were also forms of the flying fortresses, the B-52s and whatnot, that actually performed an aerial combat. So you're able to see how they're actually pulling this from real history. Right. Uh, it makes sense. You know, that's that's a lot of the things that Spielberg pulled from was uh, the World War Two experience on how he was able to put that on screen and yeah. put it down. Paper. Well, I, I I think I like too how I mean, there was even at the time, you know, the, the F-14s were, were out. Uh, were just out, and, and the F-15 was coming out as well, and that the F-14 is almost like the the X-wing with the forward, you know, with the wing sweep swept wing concept. Well, X-wings, you got the opening wings, um, and then of course the the F-15 is a fighter, but can also be equipped as a bomber, you know, with some right. some actual bomb capabilities, and and that's the Y-wing. The Y-wing is a fighter and and bomber, so. Uh, now, Resistance is an easy binge. <laughs> Two seasons. <laughs> yeah. So, um, any... any There's not as much... Resistance had doesn't have as much um, analysis and trying to figure out what they're trying to talk about and stuff. Yeah. It's a lot mm-hmm. more on yeah. the surface, it seems like. But it's, a, it's such it's a great a cast, though. That's it's what, a lot more character fill-in yeah. than yeah. everything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's, it's a great cast. Yeah, it really I, is. I watched it all the entire series while it was running. So, uh, so, so did I. So, yeah. So did I. Um, yeah, we, we we talked about it on the show. So. True. True. Um, now there is is when we had Mirna on. Um, she was kind of teasing the the hope of maybe another resistance type series with the same characters. That takes place after characters. Uh, after, place um, after Last Jedi. Uh, um, Last Jedi. Okay. So, um, so, 
I mean, it's nothing official, but it, it was something that you know the cast was kind of hoping for because I mean, she did say that they were told they make it to the to the final battle in Rise of Skywalker. Well, that would make sense because the Colossus is a ship. So yeah, yeah. and I, I would love to continue seeing more adventures with them. Um, at this point in time, don't call it resistance though. Call it, you know, call the series something else. Uh, keep mm-hmm. it, but keeping a lot of the cast. Right. Well, and, and the, the one thing so much to, to maneuver within Canon and keep things alive and new, showing you new things and also kind of, you know, staying towing the line within canon, not going too far left or right with anything, and be able to tell a very direct story um, while showing a lot of new things, actually. A lot of things that were left out from any of the episodes or any of Clone or, or, or any of that, and well, be able to show something very straightforward that reveals some new subject. We we do have a five year gap between Rise of Skywalker or uh, yeah Rise of Skywalker and the Last Jedi. There is a five year gap there, so I mean there's yeah. still plenty of tells for two three seasons of, of something new. Mm-hmm. And also the other side of that being um, like we've been talking about with the um, opportunities for High Republic and some of these other th- shows yep. and things that they're talking about mm-hmm. that right. the galaxy is a lot bigger than what they what people think of. Because when people think of Star Wars, they think of what's happening with the Skywalker saga, with the Empire versus the Rebellion. There is an entire galaxy out there that doesn't care one lick about either one of those two. Yep. yep. And it's still taking place at the same time in the same galaxy. Yeah. If you if you look at the uh, the series that they wrote and the main book that they did about Thrall, you, you know you see a whole lot of gaps being filled in that have nothing to do with Skywalker or nothing to do with you know, the emperor, at least you have the direct interaction with uh, the empire, but uh, uh, the Skywalker part of everything is completely left out of the majority of that book. Right. So, um, you know, it, uh, there's a lot of fill in there that still will end up fitting canon if, um, you know, everybody looks at it with an open approach. You don't have to see a Skywalker just for everything to be canon. You know? Oh, it, it's funny! It's it's funny you say Skywalker because I'm listening to the uh, the the latest Thrawn book. I, mean, I don't have a physical copy of it. But I'm listening to the latest book, uh, audio book wise, Thrawn Ascendancy, yeah. and um, there's a character in there who is labeled a Skywalker. Right. She, she's not a Skywalker fam. Uh, she's not a part of the Skywalker family, but it's almost like she she is a a child. Uh, who is used to to read the maps or something? Oh, I can't remember. I I, I switched to a different book for the moment because I. What's the time frame? This one. Um, it's still. Um, she's brought in whenever Luke is actually running the New Jedi Academy. Right? No, no, it's it's pre it's pre a New Hope. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's okay. It's post. It's it's between. It's during the time period of. Um, after Revenge of the Sith, before before Rogue One, even uh, actually, I would even say pre pre uh, Rebels because he's not Grand Admiral yet. Okay. Hmm. So, um, but they refer to a position called the Sky uh, called Skywalker, and she says, you know, she she's a babysitter, quote unquote, to a Skywalker, and that she was a Skywalker herself. 
I'm like, okay, this is this is interesting. Um, so I I'm enjoying the book, but I I had to switch to a different book because of a, another guest we had, uh, and I was trying to get caught up for that. So now I'm going back to Thrawn Ascendancy, which I, I'm absolutely loving. Um, now Mandalorian, we know it's coming out weekly. Yep. Is it still considered binging if you're waiting week to week for each episode or or would you rather in in your mind would you rather wait until it's all out and then sit down and watch the whole thing? So the original concept of what your f and binge was to be able to help people whenever they hit that show hole okay. and um, if you're watching weekly episodic, than, you know, like Walking Dead or anything else along those lines. You don't wait until the whole season comes out if it's released weekly. You binge it every week that it comes out. You watch the Talking Dead that comes with it. You watch the Afternotes, everything else. That's all part of binging. The the zeitgeist that is uh, revolving around binging itself is actually a psychological phenomenon uh, where people are dealing with um, periods of depression and um, kind of a lack of direction whenever their show completely ends and now they don't know what to watch next. That is actually a psychological term where people are are, uh, dealing with show holes. And uh, which means that you're in between series to binge. And uh, if you're watching it from the weekly episodic, now we're introduced to something that was uh, very commonplace in Hollywood all the way back to the 50s and 60s, which was called the weekly cliffhanger. People would go and watch before the they would watch the cliffhanger from the week before. These are the original Batman syndications, the original all kinds of different shows, these weekly cliffhangers. This is part of binge watching. You went and watched the feature along with being able to watch the cliffhanger uh, part A to part B. Um, um, That's all part of the same thing. And the fact that, There is literally a psychological phenomenon where people are meeting up with these periods of depression because their show is over. They don't know what to watch next. They don't know if they need to completely switch genres or if they need to find something in the same genre and then be super horribly unsatisfied with, you know, it it, it doesn't measure up to what it is that got you into it to begin with. Right. That was the show of what you, that was the whole idea of what your F and binge is to be able to fill those holes in a healthy way, get people to move to the next series that isn't a waste of your time. Like right now we all have a list probably of 10 to 20 shows that you invested six or 10 episodes in and then come to find out this is a waste of time. And it was horrible and it didn't actually go anywhere. So the point of my show Mm -hmm. is to avoid you from those pitfalls of just trying to find the next new thing to watch and find something that's actually well-received, well-written, well-thought-out. And it removes you from being stuck waiting for, you know, season three to four of 
um, you know, the resistance or rebels or whatever. This is something that's going to completely fill that hole, and it's a new subject. It's well-written, and it's well-received, and, and really well thought out so you don't waste time. That's the biggest complaint all of us have if you spend any time binge-watching that you invested so much time just to find out that it was just crap. You know, mm. so uh, that that's the whole point of the bench. So then, how long, how much time would you personally give to a show before deciding whether or not to stop if it's not that great? Not that great. So what I do is I look for two or three things. The first thing is how quickly does it become predictable? Once it becomes predictable, then I'm out. If you become uh, predictable quickly, then um, there's not a whole lot of creativity in the storyline. There's not a whole lot of well-produced story writing. And then uh, from there is the continuity of being able to go from one episode to the next where they're keeping everything tied together. I don't want to see something where it seems like, you know, I'm still on chapter one and you're jumping to chapter 10 and you're expecting me to read between the lines to keep up. Then um, those shows, I quickly, um, I dismiss them. I think it's lazy writing. Whenever people do that, I want something that's kept on a a continual basis or a level of continuity that one scene ties together with the next. And we're tying everything together with a neat little bow. We're not leaving out holes and then saying, oh, I got you because you didn't figure out this was going to happen. Like those are the most irritating of all time. And so as soon as they start going down that path then I label it with hashtag dumpster juice. (laughs) Now, if if you were to binge Star Wars currently off Disney Plus, because that's where almost everything is, what would you binge first? So if we're speaking from Virgin Eyes, Someone who does not know, you know, coming into the series, what should I watch first? I'm going to uh, direct them to watch everything in actual chronological order from the prequels to the originals and to the newest conception. And if it's someone who has at least watched the 70s through 80s episodes four, five and six then um, I'm going to suggest that you watch everything as it was released. So you have two different subsets there. People who have a little bit of background information, so they are already exposed to the originals. I don't want to throw everything out of order for you, so let's go ahead and watch them in their release order. But if you're a completely virgin or a novice watcher, let's go ahead and watch everything as it was actually intended not from the beginning, obviously, Lucasfilms and, and everybody, they, they added these things. It's a money grab and all that good stuff. But let's go ahead and watch everything from episode one through nine. Let's watch it in that order and go ahead and interject uh, Solo and uh, Rogue One where they belong. 
which is, um, you know, right before New Hope, and watch it in that order so that way you can appreciate everything. Now, only people who are, you know, my age or maybe your guys' age uh, don't want to see anything out of order as long as you watch the original 1977 to 1987 releases of the uh, original trilogy, then everything else after that is cool, right? But if, it, if it's a brand-new novice person, I suggest go ahead and watch everything as it was re- it released, not time-wise, but chronologically. Okay. I, I think follow the story and ignore – the lapses and special effects and enjoy them for what they were. So, so you, special effects to today's special effects. So you, so you would binge the movies first. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, after that, where would you go? What, after that, I go to clone. After that, I go to clone wars immediately. Okay. Clone wars is going to fill in the most gaps for you. And it's going to bring you along so that way you understand all of the things that made Yoda what he was, all of the things that made Anakin what he was before episode um, episode three, before episode three. Two, two and three. Yep. In between those two periods of time, Clone Wars fills in a lot of gaps. And if you yeah, watch those afterwards, then you can say, aha, I see why he did this there. I see why Padme was in this position. You know, you, you're able to fill in yeah. a lot of gaps for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys have any other questions? Not really. I mean, um, that that's actually a um, really cool way to look at that. Yeah. To fill in there and then. Because then, yeah, obviously, you probably go Rebels, then Resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, without a doubt. Yep. But I think Clone Wars is probably the most important piece of canon that is overlooked because it was done in a comic style or a illustrated style. And right. I, I think I it's agree. the most important piece of all the canon that ties everything together besides Episode Four. And episode four doesn't make the sense that it needs to if you haven't watched episode three. So, you know, seeing all of those fill-in pieces of that 15 years that you miss between those, Clone Wars fills in so many gaps that you're you're never going to have the answers until you watch them. And they easily could have gone more seasons if they wanted to. Very easily, yeah. Uh, One of the biggest things they left out is whenever Darth Vader – goes and completely kills off all of the habitants of the planet that we see him in Rogue One. Right. That's his plan. But, he but that's, over- that's, that's post-Clone Wars, though. Right. So The only way you get there is if you added another season to Clone Wars or maybe did another installment like Rogue One before you jumped into New Hope. Right, which I know a lot of people are wanting a a Darth Vader movie where that's happening, where he's oh, on know, a Jedi hunt. Six, we have six movies of Darth Vader, <laughs> you know, is fan, uh, you know, fan appraisal or fan approval, but doesn't actually in, uh, add anything to the whole story. You know what I mean? 
Like that's just a a filler that makes everyone happy. But does it add anything to the three trilogies? Not really. But I I would I wouldn't mind though a Vader movie where we see mm-hmm. the origins of the Inquisitors. That would be cool, and I think it, that that could be easily as easily done with a Clone Wars extension as it yeah. could be with a yeah, Me too. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Which who knows, nice maybe maybe that's maybe that's something we see with with the Bad Batch new Bad Batch series coming. But it I could be. But again, I wouldn't mind a one-off series where Vader is not a dom- you know, it's almost a Vader movie, but it's, he's not as he's almost taken an emperor-esque type role in the film. And the film's more about um the inquisitors and Reporting back and forth with him, you know, like we see with Rebels going, there's Jedi here, kill him. There's reports here and and seeing seeing some of that. So basically, Mike, you think it's something like um, it would be almost like the Force Unleashed games just in a movie form, just not his apprentice, but the Inquisitors. Yes. Where he's there, but it's not a movie about him. Yes. Right. Like he's almost the backdrop of everything or the overlord. You don't yeah. really see mm-hmm. him directly involved. Yeah. I also think that um, possibly a really good series that allows you to go into a lot of different um, directions is a trilogy of its own of Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. So yeah. That, an, an incredible franchise, and you could easily make a, a trilogy out of it. Well, that, I think that, that get the that, whole. Yeah. Night Revan, Darth Revan aspect from that. Yeah, that may be the idea of where they started when they got into the um, started breaking the story and the ideas of the High Republic. That could be may too. have been wanting to do something yeah. in that time frame of the old of the, um, and then um, it's it's developed since then up into where we're at now with the High Republic. And, and, and maybe the High Republic. You're talking pre-Empire, you're talking pre-Vader, you're talking Yoda is a Grand Master, and that's as high as it gets within the Jedi community. He's not necessarily a prevalent teacher, but he is also involved in the storyline, and I think that that would be as interesting as anything they could do with a totally vader driven movie you know because we've already had so much of that you know that 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 spinoff of showing the early years leading up to everything right um would actually be super received i think and then would give them a lot of leeway to be able to take a lot of leaps stay with canon keep everything tied together and really tie a couple things together in a, into a neat little bow to understand why, you know, Yoda is the way he is by the time we meet him with Skywalker. Right. And uh, also what he went through with Anakin and, you know, pre Obi-Wan and, and um, you know, all, all of that. I think that that would be probably as compelling of a trilogy they could do. At yeah. this point in time, without it being another Skywalker story, yeah. See, I kind of, I kind of like the idea that the High Republic, the New High Republic stuff, could be t- taking place right as the uh, the Old Republic is ending, and it's now going into this High Republic. Because what we get with the prequels is the Grand Republic, mm-hmm. because it's, you know it's the Grand Republic army that we're seeing with the clones. 
Right. Um, and that and that's where we could we could be going with that. So, uh, working. I think that would be better than all of that is to be able to see like a not a trilogy, but at least a dual movie of Boba Fett. Uh, I don't know. I don't Chapter th- one to a Boba Fett before he was cloned. I I don't think I want a Boba Fett movie. In all okay. Honesty. Yeah, but as far as you know, Boba Fett was never cloned. Jango Fett was. Yeah, it was Jango Fett. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you know, it, chapter one and two of of everything that happened before the cloners got a hold of him, and what made him so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. a one off. You know, possibly a two off. Right. I'm sure there's enough material there, and staying with canon. If they did one off, it could be truly canon. If they did two a uh, two off. There might be some shadows that are kind of shadowed in a little bit there, color coloring outside of the lines. But I if think, they did a two-movie series of Jenga, uh, I think that would be probably really, really, really well taken. I think only if you add the Easter egg of the child in there. Well, it, having Boba come in, coming in and, and also – and then having with the Mandalorian tie-in. Having having all of that uh, put together, I think right now is like prime striking time to be able mm-hmm. to do something like that. I don't know if Disney Studios is set up to move while the iron is that hot that quickly. I don't know if if the machine is able to you know uh, to to move in that direction. But if they were, at least a one off that ties a couple of things in together with the yeah. Mandalorian child would be really cool. Where can people find you online? Everywhere. Um, (laughs) Apple, uh, iTunes, Google, Spotify is our main sponsor. Also on Anchor. Uh, Look up What's Your F and Binge, W-A-T apostrophe S, Y-O-U-R, F apostrophe N, B-I-N-G-E, exclamation point, question mark. Uh, you can find us everywhere, uh, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Just look up what's your effing binge and you'll find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, it was, it was course, a blast. Yeah. And uh, I know Derek and, and I are coming on your show here in the next week. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm it's looking uh, forward to playing Sunday, that. Right? Yeah, and and we'll have a lot of fun with that. I'm going to give you guys open reign uh, to be able to tell everybody about what's going on with your with your show, any special guests coming up, any anything like that. I want to give you guys open uh, the open format to tell everybody about what makes you good, and then we'll spin off into the uh, what your F game show where I have to guess what show it is that you're coming to the table with. So it'll be a lot of fun, man. No problem. No problem. And that sounds sounds fun. Yeah, it'd be cool. Well, thank you again, and uh, we look forward to it. The Hitchhiker's Guide to Podcasting has this to say about the weekly Earth Station One podcast. Mildly entertaining, not nearly as exciting as the popping of bubble wrap, but slightly better than listening to Vogon poetry. Be mildly entertained by Mike and Mike as they tackle an assortment of geeky topics each week. Check out the Earth Station One podcast and let your inner geek out to play. And welcome back to Wookiee Radio. Uh, so yeah, hopefully everyone got a good idea on a new way to binge things. <laughs> Be it uh, Rebels or, or the movies. 
or um, Mandalorian, whatever. So, yeah, it was cool. But uh, I will say, check out Etsy.com and search for a guy by the name of Rocky Mountain 3D Print. And I'm going to make the announcement now. Uh, he's going to be a he's he's becoming a a partner of the show, mainly for the Great Hyperspace Chase, which I'm hoping that we're going to be launching that November first, starting the starting the chase, and talking with him. Um, he's going to be provide. He he does a, a lot of 3D print stuff. He's going to be providing us um, some containers to put credits and maybe some other special prizes in for our quarterly winners. Cool. So do a top three, and we're going to do uh, a a um, quarterly prize pack. You know, so the quarterly prize pack will have something different than the normal um, month, be it monthly or or weekly, depending on how we do it, or when you find us at the parks um, type thing, when we do the park or, or event, comic book store, whatever, um, where you come find us and go, hey, here's the catchphrase. I'm a scruffy looking nerf herder or you teeny something. But, you know, since we're going to I'm still I'm still looking into goose chase, trying to figure out how to get that done. Yeah, but I think using goose chase is the way we're going to go. So we keep the scoreboard and every three months, whoever the top three, they're going to get the these special prizes. And we're going to have the help of uh, Chris at Rocky Mountain Print, Rocky Mountain 3D Print uh, to help us because he makes these cool kyber crystal display cases. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. And we're we were talking last night. Um, YouTube video is coming, by the way, of this where we show off some of his stuff. Um, we're talking. We're going to get some of these canisters made where they're going to be in Wookie Radio logo colors. Nice. So silver with the black and yellow trim. Um, and you know, we we tossed around some ideas of what would be done for the for the for the quarterly winners type thing. So so it'd be cool. I think that'd be awesome. The cool thing is, it looks like he can he does the um, the wiring for LEDs inside and all that. Yes, stuff too. yes, which is great. And there's the possibility uh, the canisters he'll make for us for for the quarterly winners will also have LEDs in it as well. Um, and wait, you know, stand by for the video, uh, and we'll hear more of our the ideas that the two of us came up with uh, for the great hyperspace chase canisters. It's cool. So, um, so yeah, so I'm going to officially say I'm, I'm, I'm striving for myself to make sure we get that up. Uh, we're, we're still tweaking the discord page. I'll say, why don't you let everybody know about that discord page that we can start getting people on there. That way we can start talking about any new information, new news. You can get it up to the minute on that, on our discord server. Yep. Uh, with discord. Uh, I will be putting up the permanent invite link on the Great Hyperspace Chase Facebook page, as well as putting it up on the Wookiee Radio social media, be it Twitter or Facebook. So stay tuned for that as well, because we're going to use Discord and we'll use Instagram for for our videos when we do clue videos. 
Um, and hopefully maybe even get uh, Dano involved in some of these as well again. Have him help us out when the bounties, when the bounty hunters work with the smugglers or the scoundrels. And don't worry about it. Um, everybody, don't worry about it. If you're not able to get to like um, the parks, there's other places in the country you might be able to get stuff too. Oh, yeah. We, 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 the parks are going to be like bonus thing, bonus chases with the smugglers guild. The, um, the, the main chase is going to be scavenger hunts that you'll be doing things in your hometown or if you're on vacation, you know, wherever, wherever you're traveling to, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to put up different things. So it's going to be, I, I can't wait to get started on this. I'm getting a little excited. So that's coming. Um, and so I'm, I'm other star Wars esque news. Um, I was watching NXT takeover this past weekend. Okay. Joey Gargano. And Candice LeRae came out with their ring gear inspired by Ahsoka Tano. Oh, nice. And the gear looked awesome. It really did. I'm like, wait, is it? Is it? And it was, and for me, it got confirmed when Ashley Eckstein uh, praised them for the way the, the Ahsoka Tano look, gear looked. I thought that was cool. Um, That's cool. I've actually, I actually know Johnny. He's a cool dude. Yeah. I've worked with him. When he was in Cleveland area. Oh, sweet, sweet. He's um, from Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Huge Star Wars fan, huge geek. He and his wife are huge geeks. You, people would be surprised if they don't know wrestling, how many wrestlers are huge, huge geeks. Finn Balor. I mean, the point where they, like, like they're on the road. Well, they used to be on the road all the time. And they would have their comics and stuff with them. Uh, one of the biggest comic book geeks out there is Samoa Joe. Yeah. I mean, Christopher Daniels is the same way. Huge, mm-hmm. huge geek. Um, now, speaking of social media and seeing all that, uh, Star Wars The Mandalorian social media page confirms Rosette, Rosario Dawson and Timothy... Oliphant in season two. And here's the interesting thing. I was looking at the IMDB and even though they have Sasha Banks still listed as actor for it, I mean, they don't list her role. They do list Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. Yeah, I saw that somewhere that someone had had found that. Um, Now, according to this article from comicbook.com, they, you know, the rumors have been out there that, Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka. Timara Morrison is back as Boba Fett, um, which (laughs) is cool, but I I think it should have been Daniel Logan. Even though Daniel's okay with this, I I still think it should have been Daniel. The way that reads, it almost sounds like they're trying to say that Timara Morrison has played Boba before. He's coming back to play it again. He's never played Boba Fett, if I remember right. Uh, He did the voice of Boba. Didn't he? Yeah. He never, the, he's never acted. No. Or physically acted it. No, he's just done the voice in the second yeah. second special edition redos. Yeah. That's so considered coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Katie Sackhoff will play the live action version of Bo-Katan, who she was that the voice in Bo- of Bo-Katan in Clone Wars. So I'm excited for that. And actually, if you watch Clone Wars and look, she was the model for the, they modeled yeah. that character after her features yeah. also, so. Uh, and Michael Ben and Timothy Oliphant are showing up as unknown characters. Now, yeah. Gina Carano recently told EW that not all these rumors are accurate. Um, but the Disney Plus Instagram story. Um, wait, no. 
How, based on an Instagram story from Disney Plus's German account, it appears Dawson and Oliphant are definitely on board. Uh, the quote is from Kessel Run Transmissions on Twitter. The Disney Plus Denmark Instagram story confirms Rosario Dawson and Timothy Oliphant in Mandalorian Season 2. And then they go, sorry guys, we realize that it's from Germany, not Denmark. So, is this confirming? Um, okay, so she, Rosario's in this, but it's still not confirming that she's Ahsoka, but it it's one step closer. Yeah. There's been so much smoke around this at, at this point. They're just uh, saying wait, but it's all but pretty much she is Ahsoka Tano at this point. Yeah, yeah. I'm still hoping for it to be a one episode thing. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, maybe I use it off want... series of their own, but yeah. Now, um, other kind of news this week. It kind of broke today, actually, as we're recording. We're recording on October seventh. Um, most of these stories are coming from ComicBook.com. I'm just pre- putting that precursor out there now. Uh, Apparently, we have an opening crawl for the High Republic. Okay. Yeah, I saw that, but I didn't look into it. Well, tell you what, I'll read it to you now. The crawl is Star Wars, the High Republic. The galaxy is at peace, ruled by the glorious Republic, and protected by the noble and wise Jedi Knights. As a symbol for all that is good, the Republic is about to launch Starlight Beacon into the far reaches of the Outer Rim. This new space station will serve as a ray of hope for all to see. But just as a magnificent renaissance spreads throughout the Republic, so does a frightening new adversary. Now the guardians of peace and justice must face a threat to themselves, the galaxy, and the force itself. Calling it now. Use on Vong. <laughs> so. Oh, it's those. Did, did they actually give a name to those? Viking like characters they were I don't think so talking about. I don't remember. Not yet. I think that's still being kept a secret. Mm. But I mean this is cool. I, I, I think this is very cool. I, I, I like the idea of the High Republic having its own crawl. Yeah. So, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with the High Republic. Yes. I, I'm actually I'm actually excited for this. Mm. I really am. I still would not put it past them. To actually do a, at least one or a couple of movies in this time frame, once oh, they get, sure. I'm sure they. But they but will. if they if they don't do movies, I wouldn't mind seeing Star Wars: The High Republic series on uh, mm. Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah, I and that at this point in time, I would almost rather see the series than than they, a movie trilogy. Well, yeah, if they would yeah, movies, they yeah. straight to Disney yeah, Plus for this. Yeah, right. Yeah. At $30 a piece. Yeah. Yeah, but I hope not. <laughs> I again, I'd rather see the series and see them do the movies still based on the the old republic, Knights of the Old Republic era and kind of bring those games into canon some. I still think and have it and, ha- and have it lead into the High Republic. Yeah. No, I'm still thinking that's what this is. This is going to be um the closest you're going to get to Knights of the Old Republic. I would like to see some more Knights of the Old Republic games. I, yeah. I do, too. Well, isn't there talk that uh, they may? Well, there's a petition there to reboot. Yes. The franchise. The game is still going right now. The, or uh, the to remaster it. No, no, no. Not not the MMO. Not Star Wars The Old Republic. We're talking Knights of the Old Republic. Actually, 
it'd be sweet. Like you were saying just now, Derek, about remastering, do um, they, basically the Final Fantasy VII treatment on it. Yeah. 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 That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah. Remaster it, redesign it, add a little bit of new content. Um, actually, if anything, mm. just add content that brings it into the current canon. Yeah. yeah. That would be Make awesome. Slide it just enough adjustments to the game that it fits in with wh- what uh, whatever they want to say for the current canon. Yeah. Now, also, too, um, Here's some exciting things about Star Wars from a certain point of view. The Empire Strikes Back. Apparently, uh, all 40 stories, um, little blurbs for each story has been revealed. Okay. Uh, So we could go through a couple of these. Um, I guess for story number one, Imperial probe droids scour the galaxy searching for the hidden rebel base. Who's exactly watching and what else might they discover in the service of the Empire? And the blurb is Mela slipped her hand into her pocket and rubbed the smooth round surface of a probe droid's main eye. Now, how many times, how many times has she traced these eyes longing to see what they saw? Imagine flinging herself through the reaches of space alongside them to uncover sights untold. And now here she was as close as she could get the face and visions of the lens of tens of thousands of probe droids at her fingertips. It was an actual dream come true for her, at least. Mm. And this story is being written by Kirsten White. It's called Eyes of the Empire. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, there's a blurb talking about the tragedy of the Wampa on Hoth. Um, Torin Farr takes center stage finally in Ion Control by Emily Skrutsky. She prepared, she'd prepare relentlessly for these moments, taught herself to process the trigonometry of the cannons targeting in an instant to boil down the ion's blast rate with travel and the distance to target in a simple measure of time to reduce everything to an instinct that would allow her to keep her eyes pinned on the orbital charts. Um, then there's, uh, since she may be a few, we're working on getting her on the show. Um, story number six is from Amy Ratcliffe. Um, and it's Corwy Cell Growth. Uh, thought going to Hoth to interview the heroes of the rebellion would be a fun adventure. She thought wrong. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't want to go through. There's one on Admiral Alzel. Um, there's a story about Dak, yeah. which is going to be interesting. Um, I mean, I, I'm look, I'm already on the 10th blurb and we're still on Hoth. 11th blurb, still on Hoth. 12th, still on Hoth. Yeah. Um, I want to see some cl- um, Cloud City stories. Well, we're getting to uh, Katie Cook. Life. Katie Cook is uh, everyone wants to be friends with R2-D2. And it's the Dragon Snake Saves R2-D2 by Katie Cook. And hers is all done like a comic strip, like a graphic novel type type thing. And the dragon snake looks really cute. She actually made it look cute. Um, there's one on, on Piet, but you want, you want uh, Cloud City. Uh, so let me find the Cloud City ones. There's Yoda, there's the asteroids, there's the Emperor. There is one for the space slug. Okay. That one would be cool. Um, there's one with the bounty hunters, which would be cool, which I'm excited for. Um, yeah, I'm looking at this right now, too. There we go. How about this one? Number 30. 
The wannabe bounty hunter marooned on a city in the clouds faces a choice. Follow the love of her life or meet her hero that can make her dreams come true. Never meet your heroes. Um, my heart races. There's one bounty hunter I've been obsessively studying for the past couple of years. He was raised on Camino and trained by Aura Singh. He wears customized Mandalorian armor. Now that's true style. And here he is. Um, this is Lilium Riviera and it's called Beyond the Clouds. So there was more than one bounty hunter on Cloud City. Okay. Here's an interesting one. Um, one of the Piet stories, John Jackson, John Jackson Miller's story looks like. Um, actually, his Ray Sloan in it. Maybe yeah. the first inconsistent appearance of Sloan of what would be Admiral Sloan. Yeah. At this point, it just says Ray Sloan, so she must be a way lower ranking. Well, here, here's another one. Discover sure, yeah. Discover what goes on beneath the gleaming corridors of Cloud City. It's called Bestman Escape by Martha Wells. Cool. Um, and then uh, Bosk has a story. Yeah. Cool. L three L three is lit, uh, referenced in in a story. Oh, nice! Yeah, um, there is one. There's a story about with Wilro Hood. <laughs> oh, I heard that that was going to be in there. Yes. So I can't wait for this book. Uh, I will. I will definitely be getting it. I have the audio book for um, for a certain point of view. I need to get the actual book. And I'll probably do the same thing with this one. Get the audio, get the audio book and the actual book as well. Did you see what number 28 is? Uh, think- Jackson just wants to visit his friend Lando Calzarizian. Yeah. He couldn't pass worse timing. Yeah. So Jackson the rabbit is in this. So it's alluding that Jackson, well, Jackson is canon. This He's, is absolutely the confirmation. Yeah. Uh, he was made canon in the IDW Star Wars Adventures. But now mm-hmm. this is now saying during the whole time. That Han and Leia and Chewie are there. Jackson's on Cloud City as well. Mm-hmm. All right. That's cool. Um, did you guys know yep. that uh, you don't have to go to Batu to get Galaxy's Edge merch? That's going to be well, our final story. You actually find it, you have to go there. Uh, actually, no. Actually, find it. actually, no. If you want to get some of the items that are sold in the parks, they're being made available on ShopDisney.com. Ah, Okay. Like the legacy lightsabers. I heard that, yes. Jedi robes, Jedi costumes. Yeah, you could get the tunics and the robes. You could get belt, the belts. There's a lot of cool things you could get, including the child ugly Christmas sweater. <laughs> oh, I didn't bring it up with me. We went to Costco yesterday. There was one left sitting there. I got the plush child from Costco, and it's larger than the plush child I got at Target. It actually comes with this <laughs> bowl. The um the ball um top of the shifter, uh-huh. a frog, and oh, his cool. pendant. Oh, cool! <laughs> Very cool. And, he, and, the thing, and he's got he looks pretty much life size. He's about a foot and a half tall. Wow! Nice. Now, keep in mind, if you will, orders of seventy five or more, seventy five dollars or more can will ship free with the code ship magic at checkout. So, uh, but yeah, you could get lightsaber replicas from Obi-Wan, which is his Padawan saber, um, a Jedi temple guard, which I, I think is the first legacy saber I want to actually get is the Jedi temple guard saber, uh, Vader, Maul, Asajj Ventress. Um, there's a bunch of t-shirts, pins, and other accessories like we talked about. Uh, and it's all right there on uh, shopdisney.com. So check it out. Some great stuff. Um, 
groups are they're running things like uh adult light side galaxy edge light side cr- collection uh prices ranging from 17.99 to 124.99 124.99 is if you buy everything in the picture i think 17.99 is starts off with the covatech clip for your lightsaber so um but you can get the the legacy saber you could get the blades that goes with it the clips the jedi belt the the sheath that you get that you could buy when you buy your saber at the parks um the hilt stand um all types of stuff uh the tunics the the robes whether dark side or or light side um i really want to get the resistance belt because it, it looks real close to a smuggler's belt um you can get some of the pins that are sold in galaxy's edge uh as well so check it out um actually i just found out here i didn't realize if we saw we have we mentioned how um you can actually get Rex's playlist from August Cantina on yes. all the music platforms. I just looked it up. I have title and it's on there. Yeah. <laughs> Official Galaxy's Edge Rex's playlist. It's available mm-hmm. Spotify everywhere. Yep. I I think we'll talk off air. Uh also too just released uh on Spotify the soundtrack for Squ- Star Wars Squadrons. Awesome. So I'm going to have to give that a try cuz I don't know how well it's going to play on a regular controller. It's going to make everybody want to buy um, Flight 6 again. Yeah, yeah. It should be fine on a controller. It should be, yeah. I mean, you got essentially mini Flight 6 there, but I would much rather have a, a full Flight stick. But yeah, one day that will come. Um, Any final thoughts? Nope. I don't think so. Well, then, only one. For no thing. movies coming, there's a lot of stuff coming out still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, there's only one thing left to be said. Give the evacuation code signal. information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> you don't need to see his identification. This has been a Weeby Geeks production. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping at the Public store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.